Hello, this is Digital Accessibility, the people behind the progress. I'm Joe Walensky, the creator and host of this series. And as an accessibility professional myself, I find it very interesting as to how others have found their way into this profession. So let's meet one of those people right now and hear about their journey. All right, well, here we go on another podcast where I get to meet an accessibility practitioner. And today I'm pleased to be meeting with Jen Devins. Hello, Jen, how are you today? Hi, Joe, I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me on here. Well, I'm speaking from my home office on Bashan Island, which is near Blink's headquarters office in Seattle. Where are you talking to us from today? Today, I'm actually talking to you from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I recently transitioned out here, still still working at Google, but we have an office out here and we decided to, to pick up and move uh, about a year ago to be out here. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I kind of you kind of understand Google he has a presence uh, all over, but I didn't realize there was a space in Boulder, but that must be a nice place to, uh, to decide to live. Yes. Yeah, we've been very happy. Um, we missed the ocean a little bit in California, but it's been good out here. <laughs> well, you men mentioned the uh, the Google relationship. Uh, you know, why don't we start with you just uh, briefly uh, talking about what you're doing today? Yes, yeah. So um, it's been about I think seven years now. I've been in this role where I lead the user experience team for Google's central accessibility organization, and our Remit is essentially we have kind of two key focus areas. And so one is we have researchers and designers, and we actually partner with our engineers and product product managers to create new applications or assistive technologies specifically for people with disabilities. And then the other area that we focus on is providing infrastructure, um, guidelines, all, all kinds of tools that uh, can help teams across Google ensure that their products are more accessible. So we do a lot of collaboration and consulting across the teams at Google. It's, um, it's quite a wide range of things, but it's been really fun. Well, yeah, that sounds like quite a lot of uh, responsibility things going on, and uh, we can dig more into that uh, a little bit later. But you know, one of the things that is uh, is a main objective of of this podcast is just to find out how people made their way to where they are today, what their journey was uh, into accessibility. So, uh, and why don't you just uh, kind of go back in time? Let me know, you know, where that first came on the radar for you, and we can kind of you know move our way back up to today. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's always interesting to hear um, how people got where they where they got, and I personally feel like in user experience for sure the paths to it um, vary quite a bit. Um, mine was actually a little bit more straightforward, I think, than most. But I uh, you know I started in the arts. My undergrad was graphic design. As a kid, I always just really appreciated um, and was into art. Um, and so I, I did really focus on industrial arts and graphic design as undergrad. And then um, and I started in San Diego and I actually moved up to uh, San Francisco to kind of finish off my undergraduate. And in that environment, 
I started getting into um, just understanding the world of educational technology. And I really liked that space of kind of combining, um, you know, some of the, the arts that I was learning of just how to communicate and convey information, but doing it from the perspective of educating people. Or in this aspect, it was actually more for adults uh, versus kids. So that was an area that really piqued my interest. Um, I finished off and just finishing out my in, um, industrial arts bachelor's. But then after that, I decided to go and get a master's focusing in the educational technology realm. Um, where that took me, though, was back to Illinois. So I was actually born, um, well, I, was, wasn't, I was born in St. Louis, uh, but raised in Illinois most of my life. Uh, so I went back to Illinois to get a master's. And um, from the University of Illinois. And I focused on education with the emphasis of instructional technology. So still kind of bringing that idea of, um, again, how to convey information um, from, with the perspective of training or educating people. And I really liked that. Um, so that's, that was kind of where uh, I, I kind of wrapped up my education um, and then decided based on just the, um, opportunities and stuff to move back to the West Coast. And there I, I did explore a little bit of getting into academia, but um, I ended up taking more of the route of just getting into industry. Uh, and I started honestly, um, it's kind of dating myself as truly just like an old school webmaster. So just creating um, web applications for certain businesses. And um, and through that, though, just being in the Silicon Valley area, I was able to make some connections and eventually uh, became an official user experience. Or actually, back then, we were called just more interaction designers. And I started working at eBay as an interaction designer and a researcher. Um, and uh, I was very, very fortunate um, to have had somebody in that space that, uh, that recognized, like, that they they saw something in me I don't think everybody saw in the interviews because I don't think they actually went great but there was one person who is still a friend today um Kelly Braun that she I think she recognized something in me and was um, brought me on as a, a researcher initially um on in eBay and so I was really focusing on the users and understanding their needs uh and then eventually just with my background in design I kind of pivoted and stayed more within the design field so I was there um, just kind of doing doing my uh, interaction design role. And uh, from there, uh, just as things were moving and shaking, I decided to move to Google um, back in 2005. So I've been there quite some time. And, uh, you know, throughout that experience, it was, it was great. I Because it is a big company that focuses on a lot of different things, I was able to kind of go and work on different products, which is kind of almost like working in different companies, like just the users were different, the um, the teams obviously were different, the goals, uh, even the types of design we needed to do was very different. So that was really enjoyable. Um, and then I was starting to get into design management. And so that's kind of where I was. Um, and, you know, they're just well, kind like, of- uh, I mean, just, oh, yeah. uh, you, you, just to, uh, you know, kind of check into, into where you came from so far there, uh, you know, you kind of touched a lot of spots that other people have, uh, you know, found their way into accessibility, except you touched a lot of them, which is, 
education and training is often a way that people come in, uh, yeah. sometimes exploring academia, which you uh, looked at uh, the user experience area of design, but then you also uh, were involved in research. Uh, you were involved as uh, uh, working with web, uh, you know, web technologies early on. So you, you mm -hmm. kind of actually had all these foundational elements that a lot of people had already. And uh, so it lo looks like uh, that was setting you up for whatever this next chapter is that you're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's a good summarization. And yes, because I was I really appreciated and um, was felt honored to be a user experience designer. And I just, you know, our kind of or at least my mantra was always, you know, I am the voice of the user. And I, I took that to heart and I, um, in all of my work. And, you know, as just life goes on, uh, my, um, my parents were getting older. My dad um, ended up having dementia. I started losing some of my hearing and just, you know, life starts happening and you start to realize that a lot of the technology we were trying to use just kept getting harder to use in some areas and aspects for, for people. And that just really kind of, um, it just shifted my thinking a little bit and made me realize like, while I kept feeling like I'm the champion of the users, I was realizing, wait a minute, I'm not the champion of all users here. You know, I'm just like thinking of kind of, um, yes, just maybe like the kind of prototypical user and not really thinking about the needs of everybody. And, um, and that, all kind of came around the time where I myself in my career, I was just um, I was satisfied, but I was kind of like, I don't know what's next. I was um, it was fine being a design manager. I had just returned after having children and wasn't sure exactly where to take this. Um, and so I was fortunate in that there was just a need for somebody in um, at that point in time at Google, I was working in the um, what is now called workspace. So where Gmail and Calendar, all that, those products live. Uh, I was in that space and they needed somebody to start um, from a from a UX perspective, thinking about accessibility. So I decided to try that role out um, and brought with that, you know, just the things that I've been observing, like with my, my parents and myself, even just um, and the challenges there. And so really then just pushing on, uh, okay, this is this was my entry point to here and my understanding and and, um, and it drove a, like a passion within me. Now, how do I get the rest of everybody to, you know, kind of have that same passion because it is work and it is a new way um, to think for a lot of people and just, you know, new things to consider. Um, and so that's where kind of my journey started. And, uh, and I, I wasn't alone by any means. There were other people in the company thinking about this, but, um, I, I kind of felt like the starting point was how like, I, people, um, that were designing and creating our products, they just needed to, they needed to understand the experience other people were having. Like, yes, they might understand their own experience of using our, even just Gmail, for example, but what is the experience of somebody that's blind using this, you know, and just so I really started pushing hard on let's do research, let's bring users in and, and get uh, an understanding of those experiences. And that's kind of where it started. Well, it, so as you uh, 
came into that role, um, yeah, I imagine there there must have been a lot that you had to uh, uh, you know learn about and figure out relative to accessibility. So, um, did that come from a uh, some kind of uh, formal network of accessibility education within uh, Google or colleagues, or you know, how did you approach uh, you know that part of it? Yeah, that is a great question. Uh, you know, it was a mixture of things. Uh, again, I was very fortunate um, to the, to have a few colleagues. Um, one, uh, engineering had been thinking about accessibility um, at that point in time to some degree. So I had some engineers to kind of just learn the the basics around web technology or web accessibility and and try to dig into that. And, and there's obviously great external resources as well from like WebAIM and stuff. So I really dug into that to just understand, you know, how how does it work? Like, how do you support it from a technical um, perspective? Because again, just, you know, outside of accessibility as UX designer, I always felt it's important to understand how the technology works, like the designs you want to get to, like, what, is, what does it require? Um, so I dug into that. And then I also was really fortunate that uh, in our area, we had a few folks that were um, more on the program management side that had disabilities that I worked with. And they were focused on uh, on accessibility as well. So it was kind of getting the, um, they had expertise in using assistive technologies, but also just, you know, them as end users and being able to kind of talk with them uh, and um, on a regular basis and just kind of observe and see what their experiences are. And that's only a few people, but that was a great place to start um, and then expand out and just obviously look at um, or interact with and reach out to other people. And, uh, and then you, you'd start talking about, uh, you know, how you, you know, the, how you started developing uh, the program for the, you know, work that you're directly involved in. So, uh, uh, what what was that like? What were some of your priorities, and and how did that evolve? Yeah, it like I said, I, I really started on um, you know understanding the user and doing research uh, in order to kind of bring that back to the teams and convert that into training as well. So. Um, I would say education, awareness, um, again, kind of getting into the empathy realm, that's where I started just to kind of gain some traction, um, get, get some interest, and like I said, make people aware. I think that's where I felt like we needed to start. Um, and that, that was useful and, you know, took us, um, took us to a certain level. But, you know, I think quickly after that, you realize, Okay, all of these teams that were asking to do this, they they're aware, and of course, uh, nobody was saying like, no, we we don't agree. <laughs> you know, I think everybody agreed, like, yes, this is important. But then it came to the very specifics of how do we actually do this, um, and so that's where we would dig in more. Uh, like I said, engineering was already kind of getting into this realm of um, how do you you know just build in the support within your applications, but on the design side, what are some things that we as designers can be thinking about early on as we're even just sketching? Um, so really just trying to break that down to um, like just processes that people can follow. So that was that was a key thing. 
And then, you know, in any large organization, I think the other thing that was very evident and something, you know, we're always, we're always going to be working with is the competing priorities that any sort of product team has. And so uh, this is where we definitely realize like, okay, we need, we need more leadership support in this and um, to prioritize this type of work. Cause as I mentioned, it is work. It, I mean, we, we try really hard to essentially like bake in the, um, these, these processes of how to think about people with disabilities throughout your design process and your engineering process. And we try to really bake it in. So it does feel like this is just the standard process, but it takes work, you know, and it, it takes, especially when you're ramping up learning. So it does take that time. Um, and you know, we needed people to be on board to say like, it's okay if it takes a little extra time to launch X, Y, Z. And, um, so that's where it started quickly. We started to see like the, um, I would say multi-prong approach of, you know, trying to get the leadership buy-in so they would prioritize this work on behalf of the teams and just note how important it is. And then giving the people that are, um, that are actually building these products, the tools and processes to help do it. So we're still in the thick of that. Um, we'll always be really focused on that. Um, but it's, it's been exciting to see just in the past, um, I, I guess seven years or so that I've been in this, uh, the, the conversations have, change which is great and it's a little bit more of like okay i it they're getting more nuanced it's like they're getting past the the basics and like okay now how do i tackle this tricky problems which is this is great is your organization uh set up with accessibility where um you're involved with uh onboarding or spreading information across the whole organization or is it set up where individual uh product groups within google are responsible for uh going after their own resources and finding their way yeah it's um it's a little bit of a mixed approach so as i mentioned we're on the central accessibility team and as uh, for the company and so as in that role we are um we are responsible and taking a part in much of the creation of the tooling and those resources. Um, and, but what we have is kind of a hub and spoke model. So in across the larger teams or um, like uh, organizations across the company, they also have their own accessibility teams where they are obviously much more um, aware of their specific product needs and the users and all that. And so they, um, they uh, are also responsible for their own work and um you know i think together uh, as a i would say as google's overall accessibility program you know we do try to collaborate and help each other out when it is when it comes to uh trying to get resourcing and things like that you know we work together where we can on that um but it is definitely like each of these um Kind of larger organizations have their own smaller accessibility teams that are more focused on their own products and their own establishing kind of their own accessibility program that fits with how that that team works well i i i'm always uh you know trying to look ahead a little bit i kind of look in the past and see where we've come i'm not always feeling like we came as far as i 
I thought we would have uh, when I first started working on this uh, 20 years ago. But then there's also amazing things that have happened, uh, you know, with voice interaction that, you know, that's been so valuable and technology playing a big role. Um, you know, as you look forward, are there are there any areas where you uh, you see gaps that uh, you think accessibility needs to uh be attentive to, or are there any particular things that you're really passionate about looking forward that you're excited, you know, about either Google or just generally for your accessibility work? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I agree. I have the same perspective. There's some, like, uh, there's some parts where, like, really, we're still talking about this. And then there's some great advancements and exciting projects. And yeah, I think in general, I am um, I'm excited about uh, in the UX community and just in general. I think we we talk a lot about an adaptive design approach, and in our team, uh, we've recently been talking a lot about ability based design, which I think kind of go hand in hand because the idea at a very high level is that the it's it's less on the onus of the user to um, to have to tweak a bunch of settings and stuff to make the experience to their um, uh, that that supports them, it's more kind of the onus becomes more part of the application or the product that learns how the user interacts and can adapt to them. Um, and with that approach, I, I feel like it's it's exciting because it gets um, it it really focuses I think on the creativity of how do we solve these problems and, and from an engineering perspective as well as design problem like how can we more seamlessly meet the needs of different users um and it, it's it, i wouldn't say it steps away it just goes beyond the kind of um feeling of like oh i just have my my checklist of guidelines i make sure my contrast is good you know i think people get that um but it's not uh it's not very inspiring right and so I think just focusing on how do we make our products more um, understanding and adaptive of different people's needs and the way they interact to me seems really exciting. Um, and, you know, with that, just it is great to see the different modalities of how we interact with products like all like you mentioned, a lot of the voice um, interactive products that we have. Uh, I think are really exciting. I think there's a long ways to go to um, be really inclusive of that and understand everybody's speech patterns. And, you know, and um, I think there's there's a lot there, but it is cool, great to see, again, just like the, these different modalities that people can interact with products. And now, um, in my perspective, it's okay, we have these different ways. And right now, for the most part, they're maybe kind of siloed. It's like you interact with this device with your voice, you interact with this device by touch screen, but how do we kind of bring that together and have a truly multimodal experience for users so that even throughout completing one task, you can switch seamlessly between using touch and voice and, you know, and eyes, you know, it just, I think there's a lot there that to me, um, we are just in general, I'm excited to push on that more because I do feel like in the when speaking about accessibility i'm um i do want to i want to push people to think beyond compliance right and just say like no this thinking this way can actually make us more innovative and really like really solve 
and address a lot of these problems with with people. So, well, uh, John, it's been uh, great to have this chance to follow your uh, journey here to what you're doing with accessibility today, and uh, um, I hope everything continues to go well, and uh, maybe we can meet up in the in the real world sometime when that's uh, possible again. That would be lovely. Yeah, I can't wait for that day. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients. Founded in Seattle, we also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best in class design. We can move existing designs to development in a sprint, and maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at joe at blinkux.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X.com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.